What's that? What's that? Uh, it's probably Max. Don't get paranoid. Just put the stuff back in the Torah. No, no. You, you do it. I'll answer the door. All right? All right. Okay. Here, wait. Here. Uh, wait a minute here. Everything okay? All right. Hello, Max. Good job. It's coming. Oh, thanks, Ethel. Where's Austin? Ah, he's in the kitchen getting the Torah ready for you to take with you to shul. Ah, hello, Oscar. Hello, Max. How are oh, you? Oh, fine. Oh, would you care for some calf's foot jelly, Max? Oh, no, I ate thanks. Boy, this room smells like marijuana. Oh, I have an inkling that you two are indulging in yourselves the smoking of the marijuana cigarette. Marijuana? What's that? Nah, kids outside are burning something. Oh, Maybe. come on. Don't fool an old man. You're smoking marijuana. Give me a poke. I would love some. I love marijuana. Well, he knows. We might as well give him a poke. All right, give me the Torah. Here. Here, wait a minute. I'll open it up for you. Oh, how clever. All this time I was reading the Torah, I didn't even know you had it stashed away in there. Wait, I'll get you up. I'll, I'll, I'll make for you a pipe. That wouldn't be necessary. I've been watching you two in the congregation for months. Here's my badge. You're both busted. destruction plant. $600,000 of impounded marijuana is to be incinerated under the guidance, the supervision of Inspector Martin Silver of the New York City Police Department. Inspector Silver, what does it feel like to have the responsibility for incinerating $600,000 worth of marijuana? Uh, well, it's, uh, what? I say, what does it feel like to have the responsibility for incinerating $600,000 worth of marijuana? Well, uh, no, it's more like National Cemetery. Underneath the ground here are thousands of dead heroes. But that's not all. The Monolithic Oil Company discovered oil underneath this beautiful setting in Virginia, directly beneath the tomb of the unknown soldier. During drilling, the utmost care was taken not to disturb the soldier or make his identity known. And we got our oil. Enough to keep the eternal flame burning for a long time. Hi, my name is Ed Sabitsky, and I went out on a really interesting date Saturday night with this girl I know, and I thought you might like to hear about it. 
I know it isn't right to tell other people the things you do on dates with girls, especially here on the radio. So if you don't mind, I'm not going to use the girl's real name. I'll just call her Marsha. Oh, drat! I did use her real name. Anyway, I won't tell you what she looks like. So if you meet a girl named Marsha this week, you'll just have to wonder whether she's the Marsha I went out with or not. Anyway, just in case you forget, from now on, I'll call her Loretta. At the beginning of the date, I picked Loretta up at her apartment, just the way the man is supposed to do. She had this really nice apartment, and she invited me in to have a drink, but I wanted to show her right off that I was the kind of guy who really knew my way around. So I told her, using my special sexy voice, The movie starts at 7.30, and it should take us 29 minutes to get there, and we don't want to miss the titles. I don't like missing the titles at the beginning of movies, and I wouldn't date the kind of girl that likes missing them either. The next thing we did was to go right to the movie, and let me tell you, we not only got there in time for the titles, we even got there in time for the coming attractions. I said to myself, she must think you're a pretty sharp fella. I took her to a movie that charges really high prices, but I didn't care, because I'm one guy who believes in showing a girl a good time, and anyway, the theater had an especially wide screen. I'm not the kind of guy that has anything to do with movie theaters with small screens. No, sir, I don't fool around. During the movie, I asked her if she wanted some popcorn, and when I asked, I put my lips really close to her ear, and I whispered again in my special sexy voice, do you want some popcorn? She said no, but believe you me, that was one girl who knew for sure that her ear had been touched. Later on during the movie, I asked her if she wanted some raisinets, and I used my sexy voice again. But she said no, so I said, Yeah, I understand they can give you bad breath, and we sure don't want that tonight. When the movie got out, we both decided that we'd gotten pretty hungry, so we stopped off for a cheeseburger. I know this place where they put two slices of cheese in the bun, one on the top and one on the bottom, and they melt them real good. I could tell she liked the cheeseburger because of the real quick way she chewed. Of course, she didn't know I was looking at her lips, because I've developed this special technique for looking at girls' lips that makes it look like I'm really looking at the ceiling. During dinner, we had a real good long talk. First, we talked about the weather, and I must say she had some very interesting things to say about it. Then I told her how I tried to make the basketball team in college, but they told me I didn't dribble high enough. Just as I said that, I dribbled some water out of my glass and said, But I sure can dribble now. She thought it was a good joke, and she laughed so hard one of the contact lenses fell out of her eye. Then I said, I see we're really making contact. And she laughed so hard, the other one fell out, and I said, That's the second time we've made contact this evening. And I thought she would bust the gut laughing. After the date, we took a walk. I think she might even have been considering marrying me, because I noticed that she really looked closely at this laundromat we passed. And then, when we passed a jeweler, I said, I don't think people should get married until they know a lot about each other. She said she felt the same way, and she said that was why her parents got divorced. I was about to say, I didn't know your parents were divorced, but I decided she was only lying to test my reaction. A little later, we arrived back at her apartment. I came up with a really good line, and I said, Don't you want to invite me in for a drink? 
and she said she would love to, except that her brother was sleeping over, and she didn't want to wake him. I think right then and there I began to fall in love with her a little bit, because I'm very devoted to my family, and I know what it's like. So I decided that the best thing to do would be to kiss her goodnight right then and there. I moved my face forward, and this time I didn't use my technique to make it look like I wasn't looking at her lips. Unfortunately, I missed, and I kissed her on the nose by accident, although I didn't realize that until I got home. I said, You know, you kissed real well for a girl, but don't think I meant it the way it sounds. After I kissed like that, I could hardly keep my mind on my words. Then I asked her if she was doing anything next Saturday night, because I knew a theater with an even bigger screen further downtown. She told me she was busy because she was taking her brother someplace. I asked if I could come along, but she said she'd rather not because her family was very close-knit, and of course I understood. Thinking back, I don't really know if I had any right to tell you all this, especially when I accidentally told you her name and all. But there must be thousands of Loretta's all over the country, and if you do meet one, chances are it won't be her. Anyway, I don't mind a little competition. It was one of the most swell dates of my whole life. We saw a good widescreen movie, and we ate an all-beef burger with two slices of cheese, and we talked, and we got to know each other, and we kissed each other goodnight. That's some kind of a date, and I'm sure if you do even half as well tonight, you'll consider yourself a lucky man. Lampoon Radio Hour presents Laughs from the Past. 